0: Yo, what up?
1: Hi, everybody.
0: How we doing?
1: This is Counter Currents back at you with your host, Mr. Petey Steele.
0: Uh, and my co-host with the co-most, Ms. Elena Torres.
1: Hello. And we are coming to you live from D.C. Draft House,
0: The back conference room. Yeah,
1: from a very special room.
0: Yo, I mean, I almost don't want to even tell you motherfuckers about this shit. Yeah, I, know I didn't know this was here.
1: This is where... In a very official-seeming meeting room,
0: I'm leaning back on like one of ten chairs around a big, wide, rectangular table. I'm looking all around. I'm seeing pictures of the Jefferson Memorial, Union Station, the U.S. Capitol. And very
1: fancy, artsy. Yeah. Photos and of in these sepia things. color. There's a fridge in here. There's a really huge TV.
0: They're those mini globe joints that are hanging from the ceiling that I are, like, picking are, up sound. Yeah, yeah, I
1: think those are mics hanging okay. from the ceiling. Okay, yeah, see,
0: see what a Luddite I am. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yo.
1: I, I'm the millennial. Actually, do you count as a millennial?
0: I barely do, but that's something that I always like to make kind of, I mean, I don't make a big elaborate deal out of it, but put it like this. Gen X, they said, ended in 1980, mm-hmm. 65 to 80 eighty one when I was born is when millennialism. So you starts. are a millennial. Okay, but I don't feel like I I'm at the very, very ass beginning of it. You're the
1: OG millennial.
0: Yeah. And my mother's a boomer and my father's from the silent generation.
1: What does the silent generation count?
0: Silent generation is like nineteen it's like depression era up to like forty Five. He was oh, 41. My dad just misses
1: it. My dad's 49.
0: Oh, wow. Yeah, <laughs> so, and these are just the tough people that, you know, yeah. considered themselves in World War Two, even if they never fucking flew out because they dealt with a depression, they dealt with... Well,
1: it's a way crazier time to live when you're living during, even if, you know, you're not necessarily living in one of the many countries that had, like, combat in your backyard. And
0: you had a real war, a war where, like, you know, the Germans be marching down Pennsylvania Avenue if you don't fucking suit up, or your dad didn't, or whatever.
1: Yeah, I think about that a lot, just because, like, that wasn't that long ago, and we've been so lucky, and I don't know, not to get into that political um, conversation we've lived but. off
0: the fat of the land right for too and long how lo-
1: exactly how long is this gonna last
0: we gotta get back to christ Elena tourism start <laughs> combing my fucking hair put a smidge of pomade in there where a wife beater start punching people in the face if mm-hmm. they do anything above cigarettes you know there you go just, just <laughs> serious spit and shoe shine shit you know
1: right i'll just be, i'll be like a spy i'll yeah. just t- i'll just tattle to you on
0: people that's cool. Yeah, you can be my beetle. Yeah. <laughs> um.
1: <laughs> anyway, this room is really nice. Is what.
0: Yeah, that's how we got off on. Yeah, exactly. That's no how we went on
1: that tangent, which we have a tendency to do. Being
0: racistly nostalgic. Yeah. And um, <laughs> we're looking at a wild scenario like this only because we were ejected from the green room. Pete Behar our fearless leader. Um, and ourselves, because we knew this event was coming and we should have said to ourselves, you know, when burlesque dancers and strippers come out to play at the draft house, they're going to want to use the green room where right. we like to record. We've
1: made this mistake before where we wanted to record in the green room and performers have needed it. But today was the first time that I got a message that said, uh, well, the strippers need the room. Yep. So. <laughs> yep. We're going to have to figure out another solution.
0: (laughs) And I'm glad it worked out this way, quite frankly. Yeah, me too. This is very nice. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Dude, they have fucking in these countertops special things for trash and recycling. Oh, that's right. That's right. Built in recycling. They got the little stupid symbol on it. These are very fancy. They look like cabinets. Yeah.
1: What we're looking at is this wall that looks like it has cabinets, but I guess most of it is just the fanciest trash cans you can ever imagine yeah it's like perfect mahogany wood with a recycling sign on top
0: Mm -hmm.
1: i'm like a ceo up in here
0: so yeah so i was sitting there waiting for elena and strippers were coming up knocking on the door because it's pouring rain outside and i would just open the door crack and go strippers (laughs) (laughs) strippers nod their head as they go, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, like, come on in
1: pd was having a great time pd is very punctual i just want to let everybody know that every show that we've ever done together every podcast pd is always on time i
0: appreciate that that's what i strive for old you, school lombardi time you're 15 minutes earlier you're 30 minutes late you know
1: yeah yeah no you're really good about that i i think i'm i've gotten a lot better about that Because, you know, I grew up in Mexico, so Uh 45 minutes late is on time where Uh I come from. And in California, like 20 minutes late Mm. is on time. And so now that I've been in D.C., on time is on time. Right. And that's it.
0: Is that true? I mean, most, in a lot of walks of D.C. living, that's not so much. But I think at the level of, you know, business and all of that.
1: From the experience I've had, just like... Like with a lot of social stuff here, compared Mm. to where I was before, like there's lateness. Yeah, I just mean like socially and like because work, you people are always expected to be on time, Mm. and even well,
0: not on my job, but anyway. Oh, really? Yeah, people be rolling in all kinds of hours with all sorts of you know Chinese fairy tales on. Why they're an hour late or an hour and thirty? Oh no or, way! Oh yeah. Really? Yeah, big way. People call in an hour late, talking about I'm I'm in urgent care, uh, you know, and I don't know if I'm gonna make it today. Maybe. And then if they show up three hours late in some, they're looked at as like a goddamn hero for coming really? regardless. Where I'm like, you ain't sick, you fucking wow, Momo. I can see through that bullshit. That's impressive.
1: Yeah. No, where I mean. On telenovelas, you had to be really on time because oh, first yeah. on sets, all kinds of sets because of the light, because of daylight, you have to show up at 5 a.m. and it's 5 a.m. You know, you I can't work with mess government, with that.
0: too, so that's just another right. beast in and of itself. But I
1: feel like everything else, like even a lot of work meetings in California mm-hmm. are all really late. Like I feel like everything here runs very on time. Like, if I'm meeting someone for coffee here, and I'm running 10 minutes late, it's, like, offensive. And they've been, like, sitting and waiting.
0: I mean, I guess, you know what? I'll take that back. Growing up here, I think that's real. And I think that I've just gotten used to it. And any time I go anywhere, like, New York or, you know, anywhere north of here, it's even more stringent. So I start to think we're, like, lazy, but that ain't real. No,
1: no. I mean, maybe in terms of, like, New York and, like, certain parts of the East Coast. But coming from... This Mexico, California girl over here, everything here runs very punctual.
0: Nope. But, it's yeah. You don't judge
1: a book by its cover. PD is
0: always extremely on time. D.C. is the strictest southern town. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I have that argument with one of my best friends who lives in New York all the time who tells me I live in the south, and I'm like, no, I don't, but technically we do.
0: We're it's south of the Mason-Dixon.
1: Mason Dixon. Yeah.
0: That's it. Yeah. Well, so... Yeah, so you know, I got to meet a couple of the nice burlesque dancers, Mindy Mimosas in there, good friend of mine, just recently engaged. Shout out to her. Um, strippers, we've definitely all had our experiences. Yeah, we have. What's your feeling or
1: what my feeling about it? Yeah, I mean, I think it's. I don't get super feminist about that. I think it's sort of mm. one of the oldest professions in the world. I think strippers well isn't super
0: feminism today now saying that it's all good stripping pretty much i don't know i can't
1: keep track of like all the the strains the the strains of feminism and my strain of feminism i think it's totally fine yeah you know if you want to do that to make money i think it's great i think the whole thing kind of weirds me out Mm -hmm. a little bit just as an experience because before i went to a strip club I, I just imagined, I guess, what happens at like with male strippers. like I guess I just expected the guys to be more excited, mm-hmm. like a lot more screaming and catcalling and that kind of stuff. You
0: mean the men in the audience yeah, or the, the male the, strippers? No, the men
1: in the audience.
0: Okay. So like
1: kind of like how women, to, to make that clear, so how women when they go see Chippendales, Chippendales and stuff mm-hmm. like that, how the women are like, woo, woo, and it's like super loud in there. I sort of expected that to be the case at regular strip clubs like that guys would be more excited to see naked women but Mm -hmm. no they're for the most part just kind of chilling and like drinking and eating wings and like occasionally throwing a dollar up there but there's not like a lot of like yeah girl or any of that it's just sort of like watching her and then you know they get a lap dance privately or right there but
0: I'll tell you one thing there's a couple things going on coming from a penis at a male strip club so Mm -hmm. And I've been to more than my share. Um, Mm And for one thing, there's a sort of, like, shame in it for a lot of guys. Really? Yeah, there is. Uh, It's not – if you're a stud like me, it's cool. (laughs) Because it's not like I'm sitting there going, like, oh, yeah, this is as good as it's going to fucking get. I'm going to get teased. I'm going to – give away 200 bucks and go home or whatever
1: so a lot of guys you think feel shame because the fact that they're going means that they're not getting laid
0: there's some homely motherfuckers in there and not even just homely you could just tell they're not confident you know they're sitting there kind of like i don't know looking around side to side when the waitress comes up they're not sure how to talk to her even even though she's quite literally just giving you something tangible in exchange for your money in, an, right. in a titty you know right. it's a fucking you know club soda or whatever right you can just tell watching a lot of men in strip clubs that they're just not the most well versed but it's right. an interesting bell curve i think because you have a lot of guys on that side and then you got like you know, kind of studly guys that just want to have fun and are just Like there. bachelor parties yeah. and that kind or of thing. Or even if they frequent them from time to time. I like to do that once in a while. You right, right, right. It's right. not a bachelor party, but I'm not going to sit there, like, you know, hiding my hat over my head like, ooh, paying right. a jack. No, fucking I'm going up there and I'm going to, you know, I'm not going to make noise, but I'm going to throw down some, you know, bills right. and smile real wide at the – Strippers, you right. know, and do that sort of shit. Um,
1: I guess that was, I was expecting more of that when I've gone to strip clubs, yeah. but I guess that's a lot of what you're talking about. It's just a lot of like dudes that just sit there and sort of watch it and be
0: weird. It's just yeah. kind of like, it's a little creepy. Even Yeah, it is. Because even like the ones that are like, you know, kind of shy, but they're like confident enough to get up and actually like throw down some singles. They kind of just lay him there and then just stand all stoic like they're fucking looking at like a taxidermy piece or something. Right, know? right. And, and just, it's weird.
1: It's so weird. It's so creepy.
0: It has a kind of religious yeah. aspect to yeah. it. Like, I am the, you know, chief cleric. Yeah. Do what you will amongst me. I will not be tempted in yeah. the year of our lord or something. Yeah. <laughs> it's very bizarre.
1: Yeah, sort of like, you know, in Spanish at... Uh, At Catholic Mass, there's this part where everybody sort of bangs their chest and goes, mi culpa, mi culpa, mi mi culpa. culpa. My fault, my fault, my fault. That reminds me like a lot of those guys. Like, my fault, my fault, my fault. It also really weirds me out that every time I've gone to a strip club and there have Mm -hmm. been guys in the group, because every time I've gone, it's been with a big group of people. Right. And there's always at least one dude who's like, that stripper likes me. Yeah. (laughs) And it's always like, What? And I'm like, come I got on. a shot. Come on, you, like, <laughs> come on. <laughs> you know what's going on here, right? Like, <laughs> it's a show. You know that's a show. But they, but every time I've gone, one dude is like, "Yeah, yeah, she was really into me." And I'm like, "No, she's just good at her job."
0: I, well, but I will say I have seen a number of guys and myself have been propositioned by strippers. And there was one instance I remember good guys down in glover park this is like 2005 where me and my homeboy uh i'm not gonna say his name but back in the day okay we were you know valet parking and shit like that and Mm -hmm. i've known this dude since middle school And me him and another dude went on down there got fucked up you know and we're sitting and this stripper gets off from the fucking pole and is going around talking to people like the way they do asking mm-hmm. for tips shaking hands mm-hmm. and she sits by me and says hey uh you want to buy me a drink or whatever and i said "Buy ah, you a drink for what you know like i'm frequenting this fucking place i just had an attitude that and i was okay fuck, and, mm-hmm. and i was fucked up and i wasn't even picking up maybe and all the things and she wasn't even all that great or anything But then she walks right over to the side of the table. My buddy, who's just sort of like a half ass dude, he don't give a fuck. He takes his last 20 hours. Like, sure. Mm -hmm. Buys her a drink. They get to talking, and then she says, I'll come back to uh, your guy's place to hang. I could barely believe it, you know. But we all went back, and then she got really angry with me at his place as we continued to drink Because I think she felt spurned that I denied her request for a drink earlier. Was she she a hooker
1: slash stripper? Or was she just doing it because
0: she just... Because my buddy ended up sleeping with her. And he didn't pay her a goddamn thing. He might have saw her one other night after that. And then he just cut her off. Hmm. But... The whole time, she was just saying, like, really kind of just, like, trying to get under my skin, being like, you're such a fucking idiot, you know? Mm -hmm. Sort of, like, implying because you didn't, like, take the bait or whatever buy me a drink. You know, I'm going to end up with this guy or something. So, I just, I was fucked up. I was plastered, and the verbiage escalated, and I ended up saying something god-awful to her that I won't repeat, which, and, uh... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay. <laughs> and she lunged at me from across the room. And oh, wow. yeah, my buddy like, you know, picked her up and was just like chill, chill, chill. And then he like was like Petey, come upstairs. And then he's like <sighs> he's like, You don't understand what you're doing right now. He's like, But you're cock blocked Even if you're not aware <laughs> of it. He's like, You're indirectly doing this. You gotta go home. So that's I,
1: what guys talk about when they go to the bathroom together, by the way. Yeah. Cock blocking. Yeah. Girls it. talk about lipstick. C B and how many times he texted you back or not? But guys, it's all cock blocking.
0: Yeah, I mean this gal was nuts too.
1: That well, that was gonna be sort of my next question. I guess I haven't spent enough time around strippers to know like what that world is like. Yeah. Or maybe I mean I don't know. This is speculation, but maybe at that point, sex becomes so irregular yeah. that maybe it just you know unspecial. I guess is the way I'm trying to describe it. And they just are like, well, how am I going to end my night tonight? Okay. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Not to say that she wasn't genuinely interested, but
0: yeah. But I it- wonder
1: what that mental, what, where that puts your mind. If you're like constantly in that environment as a woman, I'm sure it makes sex seem way, way lower stakes than I think it does if you're not in the industry.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think that's true. I mean, you know, gets to be like any tool in your arsenal.
1: Right, right. Which a lot of girls might say, like, that's how I feel about it. But, you know, I don't. I don't but how necessarily... do they really
0: believe that, though, no. when it comes no, down that's to a, it? No, that's
1: another conversation. No. Yeah. I personally, no, I've never believed that. Yeah, nah. A lot of the extreme feminists that you were talking about would say that, like, yeah, why can't I have sex like a man or whatever, you know, and.
0: You can. You can. That's the, That's always what men have said. It's right, been right, like, right. Hey, you absolutely I'd can. I'd love to be a fucking chick right. for a day because I'd fuck the fucking, you know, curling iron right. or something. Right, you
1: <laughs> absolutely can, but I just think the way that we're emotionally built.
0: In gen- usually,
1: yeah. I mean, there's been there's a lot. There's exceptions. We all, we all have had plenty of low-stakes sex, but I'm just saying, like, it tends to be a little higher
0: stakes for women yeah. than for men. Just a little bit. It's not a black and decker, you know? No, exactly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so that's cool. So that was a nice little sidebar that yeah. I just thought I'd talk about yeah. since there are some cool burlesque dancers doing their thing. Shout out stage. to the burlesque show downstairs. Boom, 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 boom.
1: At Draft House.
0: And so now um, what we talked about last week are the awful untimely passing of our late friend Dylan Meyer, fantastic comic um we definitely wanted to kind of i don't know talk about how we've each been doing um yeah, because these things
1: aren't I mean our last episode aired, and we recorded it the day after it happened yeah. and when these things happen, it's a weird it's a weird process right. i mean neither one of us were necessarily like his closest friends or family members and we can't imagine how those people are feeling but whenever something like this happens and especially with someone that we've seen so often and such a big part of our community mm-hmm. it's weird to process and takes time to process so we wanted to talk a little bit about what our experience has been in that the past few days because It's weird. I mean, it's one of these things that's hard to even put words to it. Right. Because it's sort of like stepping out into this very tragic new normal.
0: That's true. It is a lot of new normal, and that's kind of the biggest thing I noticed. It wasn't like since he passed, you know, And granted, it's been five days or four or five, five days, Mm -hmm. like, Every minute of the day I'm thinking about it. I mean, a lot of the moments of the day I am because it's fresh, but, like, it's not like it's so overarching that it's, like, all day. Right. But then a- there's the strongest points that are most salient to me are when I can just feel like, oh, wow, I'm not going to see this dude ever again. I know. And it just hits me. and I'm, like, gone. That's that's the adjective to describe it, gone. Right. And uh, it, it hurts, it sucks. Um, I've known him since 2012 when we started off at the Dancing Crab and he'd be at Potobac Grill. And at that point in time in D.C. comedy, there was maybe one show a night. Mm-hmm. So, you know, getting on the crab Friday night was a fucking must. Um, mm-hmm. And we had a few people, you know, that were still around the D.C. scene that, you know, will remain you know legends and were there at the time like chris milner dylan myself haywood um but then there's a lot of people that kind of just fell by the wayside and stopped doing comedy or they just kind of just took big big breaks they never really stuck around with it um But, you know, getting to know the guy and seeing him at, like, Silver Spring, he'd work at this place, the Record Exchange, which was on the side of Georgia Avenue across from Fire Station 1, and I would go there to do Fire Station Monday nights, and sometimes they'd have, like, a special showcase, or people would take up a room there, and... Mm -hmm. I'd go across the road and ask him for, you know, what were the good hip hop picks or what kind of mm-hmm. video games could I buy at old Nintendo games and mm-hmm. shit from eight bit land. And and he was just that kind of guy. He was like a you know, a mid eighties type of guy. Right. And we had that sort of bond. He mm-hmm. grew up in Montgomery County. We knew we had a couple friends in common, um, in and outside of comedy, but it just You know, I wanted, I felt really bad because when, you know, I hadn't seen him too much in the last few years aside from occasionally passing him doing comedy or Mm -hmm. occasional rooms or things like, I felt like I'd kind of let him get away um, for a while Mm -hmm. and I don't know what he was doing with his crew or whatever, but I was just kind of like... Shit, I don't know. No, I mean you can't prevent these things. I was gonna say you that. can't
1: like put anything on yourself, and that's life. Like you lose touch with people when you're doing different things and hanging out with different people. Like you can't blame yourself when that happens. That just like life goes in waves like that. But I think what you can do is just remember sort of like the good stuff. Like you are, mm-hmm.
0: and and you know that's where I get. You know, I know intellectually that's not real but like it's i still gotta wonder kind of because i'm an inquisitive dude Uh um but so yeah i thought long and hard if i you know wanted to go to the viewing or the funeral and everything and i couldn't really bring myself to do it just because i do have shows i have other things i gotta do some Mm -hmm. work both days during the day i'm gonna be Mm -hmm. fucking wiped um it's funny you know being 37 you think back to when you know you met somebody in 2012 and you're like oh yeah 30 years old was a long time ago you know you just don't have the energy like that um and and i think he would want me to tend to doing shows and stuff and for sure doing the party stuff um so i mean uh, you know respect to it and, and funerals for me i've been to more than my share i'm kind of just i think it's cool if that works for you to process it but i made my peace. i took like took the day off tuesday from work Mm -hmm. I took a 10 mile walk i did a lot of reflection on all of this and right kind of what i need to do now and you know i'm i'm in a better place i'm still kind of fucked up about it but i'm I'm bouncing back.
1: Right. Yeah, I mean, how could you not be? I mean, I feel like, I feel the same way. I mean, the weirdest part is that it's just so sudden Mm -hmm. and so unexpected. Right. It's one of the only losses in my life where every, I've unfortunately had my, you know, had a share of losses where people were too young, but it was sort of stuff that you would have said. Yeah, that makes sense, as horrible as it is to say, you know, Mm -hmm. with people that might have had certain issues, or been sick, or, but this one was just, it was just over, he was just fine, and then overnight, it's like this tragic, I know I said it before, but this tragic new normal, Mm -hmm. and people on Facebook, PD. I know you don't have Facebook anymore, but. (laughs) people on Facebook have been sharing one of his videos, like a video of his 10 minute set.
0: Mm -hmm. I saw that video. And I watched
1: it the other day. And the weird part was, is like, I'm never going to hear these jokes live ever again. And I knew them all by heart. Wow. Because I've been, you know, I've been on shows with him Mm -hmm. and doing mics that he's been on since I started doing comedy. And that those jokes have always been in the background. And I think when you hear jokes a lot, Sometimes you forget how good they are. Yeah. And I heard and saw Dylan do comedy so often that I kind of became immune. Because you just hear it all the time.
0: It comes like a white noise.
1: Right. And his crowd work was so good, you're just used to it. And then the fact that I'm never going to hear him tell those jokes ever again. It makes it feel like, as comics, we should really appreciate each other mm-hmm. and what we're doing. Because if you think somebody's shit is funny, watch it. Because you never know if you're going to be able to take that time again. And it's really what he could do was really magical. Like he could do something which was change a room mm-hmm. is what I call it. Is when an energy in a room is kind of weird and low key. And then somebody can come and just get everybody laughing and just light it up. And he would do that all the time.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: And I just didn't, you know, it's not that I didn't yeah. think he was funny. It's just when you see somebody every day, you just kind of forget. That's true. So that's just been like this weird, trippy thing that just like all of a sudden and Friday night, you know, he did three shows and then by Saturday morning he was gone. And that to me is really difficult to get my head around. And just my experience in comedy, he's always been around. Mm Mm-hmm. In the two years that I've been doing it, he's always just kind of been around, and he's like a huge part of DC comedy. And just the fact that that whole dynamic is going to change, I think. Right. I think it's going to have a huge effect on the scene as a whole. To me, is very. I just can't stop thinking about it. Yeah. Which is. It just feels like some, like a rug got pulled out.
0: Yeah. Yeah. From under a good all of us. Trap door.
1: And personally, I I think I do well with funerals, mm-hmm. just because it's a way to like communally acknowledge what happened. Mm-hmm. I think, especially with something this sudden. I'm going to go to the thing on Sunday. hmm So when this episode comes out, I'm going to go to that because I feel like... I think it's going to be packed. Oh, yeah. And I think just sort of having this, like, knowing that... Knowing that you're not alone to me is always important. And it just kind of, like, lays it to rest in a certain way. Right. Because it was so sudden and it's all been so fast and it's been just a few days. Mm-hmm. That... I think the services are going to help just kind of put it to bed in a way. Just give some sense of closure because it's just so fast. I know I keep saying that, but it's just been the part that I can't wrap my head around. Yeah. It's just like one, two, three. Bang. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I think... uh it's all very touching and everything, but I'm not going to start watching your sets religiously. No. Fuck.
1: <laughs> you got, you're on to me. That's what I That's well,
0: quite an angle, but, you know. Damn. Well. Sorry to. You your know, loss. Sorry to change the mood of yeah, this Yeah, your room.
1: loss. <laughs> <laughs> PD, I watch your sets religiously every time. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I wish I could say it showed in oh, yeah. perform- no. <laughs> Nah, nah, I mean, that, that's good. I think um, if that's the way you find closure, that's cool. I just, man, I've been to enough funerals in my day where, shit, man, it just doesn't, uh, it opens up new wounds for me. Yeah. Very existential type yeah. things. Cause that's the sort of person I am, and how I think, and so. You know. Yeah, I mean
1: they're hard because it's like super emotional and difficult, and like this weird not. But for me, sometimes it's like with the Telenovela girls letting out a huge cry, what we were talking about last week. Yeah, you know that that. I think it was someone you worked with that says, like, every week. Yeah, 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 the old
0: therapist. Yeah. Professor, yeah.
1: Yeah, for me, I think it's something just to, like, cry it out and acknowledge it. Mm -hmm. I think makes it easier, especially with something.
0: Right, right, right. Like this. Yeah, for me, I mean, I already kind of did that as much as I think I'm going to cry. I think he would have appreciated it listening to Melly Mel's verse on Beat Street. There you go just because I knew he would agree with the message being sent out and kind of that whole thing was in response to a fictional death, albeit in the movie, but he was a great artist, a graffiti guy and everything. Mm Ramo. Ramo. But at any rate, um, you know, we'll shout out RIP, Dylan Meyer, and, uh, you know, maybe we'll cover this again in a year or something have a fresher take on right what it is right because um, this is the first person that we knew i think at least for me in a, the scene so to speak or a comedy scene that really passed that we kind of knew personally
1: yeah so here yeah, we definitely. go
0: wild blue um we got a lot of great shows coming up
1: a lot of great shows great shows yes. um i'm gonna promote one extra okay i'm on it okay. on june 8th the 10:45 show from attack of the comics Missed. i'm gonna be on that this week mm-hmm. june 8th don't miss it it's a great show always but this friday it's gonna be
0: extra special 10:45 p.m. at the yeah. dc draft house our host haywood turnip C. jr it's mm-hmm. always a fantastic show um we also have headliner Dan Cummins from Daddy Bear and Conan. He's coming June 8th um, and 9th and he has shows each night 7 p.m. and 9 p.m. It's20 dollars. but if you follow us on countercurrents DC uh, counter or Currents DC on Twitter or the counter Currents Draft House comedy podcast uh, we can go ahead on and, Facebook yeah.
1: or on Instagram if you follow any of our accounts. Uh, which is Countercurrents DC on Instagram and then CounterCurrents Podcast on Facebook. If you follow us, you can get the chance to win a free pair of tickets. Yep, we're giving out sets,
0: so, yeah. you know, do the thing. And like I said last week, you can like it and unlike it and then do it again next week. And right. if you don't get Dan Cummins, hey, maybe you get uh, Dan Soder down the road, I think is one example of another right. coming attraction or – a different one, but uh, at any rate, and
1: especially guys out there, if you want to take your lady out to a nice night on the cheap, it actually it looks even cooler. I think if you win because you knew about a podcast, you know you can like play that. I'm really into the I'm indie hip. comedy scene yeah. thing. Girls love that.
0: Yeah, no, they do eat that yeah. bullshit up, yeah. don't they?
1: Exactly. It's just, <laughs> girls love that.
0: Yeah, you tell her so like, hey, I work for an date. NGO. Yeah, yeah. So come and see this indie thing. Where do you hear Petey Steel flex intellectual about go. some fucking there Black you go. and Decker? <laughs>
1: yeah, there you go. So if you want to see some cool shit,
0: yeah, um, so you should come. Yeah, and do the 9 p.m. one, um, if you will, because frankly, then you can go see either pack of comics which is free so it's like a bonus show ten forty five or Saturday and I'll night, be on it. the D C draft house open mic, which I might pop into um that night as well. So
1: Yeah, I might I might also so you might get the chance to see both of us yeah, on can, that.
0: To meet us and we can talk out what you know you liked, didn't like and if you really right. want we can fist fight, I don't know. Right. We take um, suggestions, maybe.
1: kind of not really. But I'm happy to hear your opinions and then crush them. No, I'm just kidding.
0: <laughs> Sunday, June the 10th, 7 p.m., um, there's a $15 show starring Precious Hall and Alex Scott. I don't know Precious. I do know Alex. Alex is fucking hilarious. He's worth 25 for a ticket. Um, it's amazing. Hosted by Patrice DeVoe. Uh, it'll be at the D.C. Draft House, 7 p.m., Sunday, June the 10th
1: and they'll also have Transportation from Richmond going To the show and you can find out all the details about That uh, on the DC Draft House website
0: boom So uh, we Definitely want to you know Thank each other for making it here in this Yeah of course torrential downpour It to is a torrential
1: downpour right now and I feel like we could happen. also when this airs on Sunday I feel like Sunday too it's supposed To pour like this supposed to pour like this according To my iPhone right for days and days. Right.
0: Yeah, I think, uh, you know, now that we got out of the cold, you know, God's just pissing on us. Yeah, like, seriously. He was like, you thought you got out alive? Nah.
1: Nah. So I hope you're listening to this with like a blanket. I'm like.
0: Big old parka. Yeah. And a Coleman. All right. So thank you all for tuning in. I'm Petey Steele.
1: I'm Elena Torres.
0: And this is CounterCurrents. We gone.